All right, take your seats, everyone. This time we're talking about coaching and being coached. So take your seats, please. Thanks. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast, where we give you the tools and some occasional tough love that will help you move toward your goals and a better version of yourself and your life. I'm Monica Reinagel. And I'm Brock Armstrong. We loved getting all the emails that you sent in response to our last episode. It was awesome to hear all the things that you're working on and the progress that you've made and to offer a little feedback on the places where you feel like you've gotten stuck. And in today's episode, we want to talk a little bit more about the sort of coaching that we do and more generally, what you can and cannot get out of working with any coach. Now, one of the things that struck me about all the emails we've received so far is how diverse people's goals are. Mm -hmm. It's so awesome to have everything from learning a second language to trying to exercise more or get more flexible or (laughs) things like that. It really does span the gamut. You guys are an interesting bunch and you keep us on our toes. And it also goes to show that the sort of strategies that we're talking about here can really be applied to just about any change that you're trying to create. Absolutely. But back to the matter at hand here, investing in a coach. Now, when you're investing in a coach, whether it's a group coaching program or an individual setting, it can really help you reach your goals faster and more efficiently. And it can also help you create the results that you might not be able to create on your own, let's face it. Mm -hmm. However, people often go into coaching relationships or coaching programs with some pretty unrealistic expectations. And this is a bummer for both the coach and the client, to be honest. Right. Although coaches do most of the time charge for their services, most of us are actually far more motivated by the desire to actually help our clients succeed and do the things they want to do than to simply cash the checks that come in the mail. This is why we often spend time actually talking people out of coaching instead of talking them into it, which seems (laughs) kind of strange, doesn't it? And if you're one of the people that we've talked out of coaching, it's not that we don't want to work with you. We just want to make sure that you're ready to really get the results that you're looking for. Yes. Don't take it personally. And, you know, I have worked with a few coaches over the last 10 years or so, and some of those were very successful relationships, but I'll be honest with you, some of them were not. Yeah, me too. And in some cases... I do feel it was because of what the coach was or wasn't bringing to that relationship. But more often, when it wasn't going well, it really was what I was or wasn't bringing to it. I've worked really hard to become a better coach, but I also had to learn how to be coachable myself. That's a really good point. I think I've worked on the same thing. It's sort of one of those healer heal thyself kind of situation, I think. Because, you know, I've had a lot of successes and a lot of failures as well. And I had a specific success, like some really, really good specific successes hitting specific goals, like running a fast marathon and completing an Ironman triathlon while I was working with a coach who literally fed me in some cases a specific program, which I followed to the letter, to the absolute letter. But Really, when I look at it, the more meaningful or lasting coaching that I've received, which had a much more sustainable effect and and still is working on me today, came in a much more instructive way, not a do this right now for this duration at this intensity type of coaching, but 
a more gentle sort of guidance and explorative, curious kind of coaching. That particular coach and that particular coaching style taught me to not just simply look to the coach for the quote-unquote right answer, but instead to ask the right question of myself. See the difference there? One is looking for the right answer externally, and the other one is teaching you to kind of figure it out for yourself, but in a really nice way, in a curious and explorative way. But I just want to just want to make a, a really important distinction here that short-term goals, like let's say running a marathon, can be coached really effectively in the do this now kind of fashion. But those longer-term objectives that we often talk about on this podcast, well, not quite so much. Yeah, I really like that formulation. And of course, our own experiences being coached influences how we approach the coaching that we do. And that's also evolved over the years, both with greater experience and, you know, because we both continue to invest in acquiring and improving the skill sets that are needed to be effective coaches. It's not just about being somebody's accountability buddy or being somebody's drill sergeant. No, hopefully not. Nobody wants a drill sergeant, <laughs> not, even, right. not even the people who signed up for that. And to your point of learning stuff over the years, I look back now and and I really understand that by spoon feeding my clients on a daily basis, everything that they needed to achieve their goal, I was actually kind of undermining their own ability and their own confidence to simply develop their own particular healthy, healthful lifestyle (laughs) that is that full and rich movement that I talk about in so much of my my own podcast, The Second Wind Fitness. The problem with that is that once I was no longer on their payroll, they they kind of felt lost and maybe even afraid and they didn't want to do anything that might not be the perfect or the right kind of exercise for them. They ended up rather doing nothing than doing the wrong thing, quote unquote, something that hadn't been vetted by an expert like you or me. And that is not the goal. Wow, that's such an extreme example, but I can see how that would happen, that you'd be afraid to do anything on your own if you didn't have that really specific instruction. And in some ways, that actually made sure that I had repeat clients because they'd suddenly realize that they weren't doing anything and hire me again. But that's, (laughs) again, not the goal. Right. It's not actually what we're after. But I think maybe it would be useful to distinguish coaching from other types of services that can seem really similar, such as psychotherapy or physiotherapy or what we call PT here in the United States or nutrition counseling or fitness training or the kind of coaching you're talking about where you're preparing for a specific event. So here's an interesting distinction. In its purest form, coaching is not about teaching someone how to do something. That's teaching, right? Or telling them how to solve a problem. It's really about helping them understand what they need to see what's getting in their way, helping them to access their own wisdom and insight and problem-solving skills, and ultimately to understand themselves better and become better at helping themselves. That's pure coaching. So many people come to coaches saying things like, I know what I should be doing. I'm just not doing it. Right. And they don't need to, they don't need somebody teaching them or telling them how to solve a problem. They need somebody helping them figure out how to get out of their own way and helping them access their own wisdom and problem solving skills. Absolutely. Right. 
Now, depending on the expertise and the training that the coach has, they may also be able to offer more specific input and direction. Like if your coach has training in nutrition, like let's say Monica, then they can combine nutrition consulting with a true coaching form. Same thing with fitness for somebody like me. And you know what? Most of the coaching that Monica and I actually do is this hybrid model where we're able to apply our expertise and answer specific questions, solve specific problems, or teach specific skills. But we are also working to empower our clients to be more self-aware and self-reliant, ultimately to not need us anymore. (laughs) Which, again, seems counterintuitive, but it's really that old adage of teach a person to fish kind of scenario, except in my version, it's teach a person to sweat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, people seek out coaching for a lot of different reasons. Health coaching, writing, business, career coaching, executive coaching. But no matter what people are looking to get out of those relationships, a lot of people who hire coaches or sign up for coaching programs do end up disappointing with the results, which is a shame. But this is usually because they expect to get things that coaching actually can't do or provide. And I will place part of the responsibility for this on the coach who should really make this crystal clear before you sign up with them. Right. I haven't seen that very often, but occasionally coaches have stuff on their website that say like, this is what I will do. This is what I won't do. This is what you need to do. This is a deal breaker kind of a scenario. I I really appreciate when people do that. Okay. Well then let's do that right now. What do you say? Okay. So, So here are some of the things that coaches cannot do for you, cannot provide for you. Motivation. Right. This comes only from you knowing why this is important to you at a very deep level. That's where your motivation is going to come from, not from your coach. A coach cannot provide your desire. I mean, yes, we want you to succeed, but you have to want it too. We cannot want it for you. You cannot pay someone to desire this outcome for you. A coach cannot do your work for you. So in this relationship, both the coach and the client have a job but they're not the same job and only you can do yours. So we can ask the questions, but you have to supply the answers. We can even suggest a course of action, but you have to actually take that action. And a coach cannot usually provide a shortcut. Now, coaching can help you eliminate unproductive effort, and that can help you be more efficient and get to your goal faster. But for the most part, it's not going to allow you to skip over essential parts of the process. There really are no shortcuts for some things. In fact, if somebody does promise some shortcuts or (laughs) anything like that in their marketing material, I would say turn and run. Well, or at least beware. Right. But here are some of the things that coaching can do, can provide for you. These are reasonable expectations. A coach can provide perspective This is someone who can see things that you might be missing because you're simply too close to them. You're too close to your own thoughts, your beliefs, your actions, and a coach can help reflect back and show you some of the, some of the gaps or some of the things that you can't see. You know, I think that is if the list ended right there, (laughs) 
that would be absolutely fine because that is one of the most valuable things that I think I bring to a coaching relationship is just bringing that perspective and being able to articulate it. It's true. I mean, I when I think about some of the biggest breakthroughs I've had in coaching that I've been a part of as a coachee, it was that outside perspective that really shifted things for me. But luckily there are things, other things on the list. <laughs> so, okay, so perspective. A coach can provide some accountability, but I always want to put a big asterisk here because this word is a little tricky. I'm not talking about accountability in the sense that you're going to do it in order to not disappoint your coach. That's not a healthy relationship. Although it was kind of popularized by Gretchen Rubin when she categorized a whole category of people as upholders mm-hmm. <laughs> who are going to do things to please other people. But that's really not the kind of accountability we want to encourage or cultivate. I'm talking about the accountability that's coming from the commitment that you've made to do this work now, to focus on this now, as opposed to when you get around to it, which let's face it, that's usually never. Right. So that kind of accountability. Which falls back on that perspective thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Coaching is a great way to do collaborative problem solving. So not prescriptive, where the coach just tells you what to do, but where you can join forces to look at and try to loosen a knot and solve a problem. So collaborative problem solving, structure, and this can be in the form of a framework or tools or a specific process. Uh, We've developed a lot of these types of things in our work together. And a lot of the, the magic there is in the coach helping you identify which tool or which process is the best one for the situation that you are currently working on. Yeah. Again, not prescriptive. Right. It's, it's a, a recipe that you have to kind of put your own ingredients into and <laughs> um, season to taste, if you will. Ooh, I like that. Uh, you can get support from a coaching relationship and it can be one-on-one support from the coach But this can also really effectively come from a community in a group coaching environment. Either way, it's just really nice and helpful to have people in your corner who know what you're working on. Absolutely. And as Brock mentioned before, coaches often also have specific expertise and experience helping people solve specific types of problems. And that's a good place to start when you're looking for coaching. Yeah. You want to look for an expert for sure. Yeah. That's why you're there. So now that we've highlighted all of that, let's look at some questions that you can ask yourself if you're now considering getting coached by perhaps by Monica and I, but perhaps by someone else. So a question you can ask yourself is how invested are you in the success or the solution as opposed to the excuses or the rationalizations? Do you want to create this outcome or do you just want to say that you tried? Oof. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time, I think people are just secretly looking to prove the hypothesis, right? That I just can't do it. Yeah. So this is an important question, but it's a deep one. You're going to have to sit with this. And and here's a tip. No amount of coaching is going to help you create a result that you don't really want to create and that you're not ready to work towards. So if that's the case, stop now. <laughs> yeah. Look for those should moments that you're thinking, well, I really should do this because yeah. so-and-so said something. That's not a that's not a recipe for success. So another question you can ask yourself is, what have I tried already and why didn't it work? Or why did it work, but only partially or temporarily? 
And sort of coming out of that question as well is, did you taste some success, but then feel like you need some help to get over that last hurdle? Like you're just about there, but you need a little little push. Yeah, or just to take it up to a new level. And as you think about what has and hasn't worked for you and why, consider whether those barriers are ones that can realistically be addressed by coaching in the ways that we talked about earlier. And I guess one of the final questions you can ask yourself when you're thinking about getting coached is, are you feeling overwhelmed or or maybe even stymied by the number of choices and the glut of information that's available to you on whatever you're hoping to get coached on? This can often manifest itself as some short attempts at many different approaches, but you really don't give any of them enough time to have any real impact. You're sort of jumping from solution to solution. That's something that a coach can kind of help you with. Yeah, the shiny object syndrome, right? Yeah, that's a great question because if you're motivated and you're willing to do the work and you just feel like you need more direction or support or help identifying and removing barriers, then I think you're probably a great candidate for a successful coaching relationship. Yeah, you're showing the initiative, you're showing the curiosity, just need somebody to focus you a little bit. Yeah, that's the perfect recipe. All right. Well, hopefully this opened your eyes to a whole world of coaching and the possibilities out there. And as always, if you have any thoughts or comments or questions, you can always drop us a line at hello at changeacademypodcast.com. That's hello at changeacademypodcast.com. Or just go over to changeacademypodcast.com and click on the record or send us a voicemail button. We had a couple of people actually decide to do that instead of sending us the the assignment from the last episode. Yeah. It was nice to hear people's voices. Yeah, you hear our voices all the time. It's really fun to hear yours. Yeah, so feel free to do that. And we would love to know what today's episode brought up for you and how it might actually change the way you think about getting coached or being coached. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be back with our next episode. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Monica Reinagel and Brock Armstrong. And you can find them at changeacademypodcast.com.